Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today we have with us Brian Proctor, who is the author of the book, My Father Knew the Secret, Growing Up with Bob Proctor. Brian Proctor was born in 1961 in Toronto, Ontario, the same year his legendary father, Bob Proctor, was given the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which began his father's 60-year journey into personal development. For close to 30 years, Brian worked alongside his father as he taught some of the world's largest stages. And then Brian found his niche in marketing and business development. In the very early years of the internet, Brian originated an idea to build an email list to create value and a platform for his father to share his teachings. Good idea, Brian. This idea set Bob Proctor's company up for success by opening the door early to email list building long before that was the industry standard. So welcome, Brian. It's so great to have you with us today. Thank you, Randy. It's uh, it's great to be here with you. Yeah. So I'm going to, this is, um, this is Brian's book, My Father Knew the Secret, Growing Up with Bob Proctor. Now, for those of you who don't know who Bob Proctor is, once you hear about him, you're going to go, oh, yes, that's who he is. So, Brian, would you share with us kind of an overview of who your father was? Because I know he's passed away since, you know. Yeah, my, my father was really... I, I think it could be said he was probably one of the founders of the personal development movement. Um, you know, he he started teaching personal development back in the 70s, um, uh, you know, long before it was ever the thing that it is today. Um, you know, he went and worked with Earl Nightingale, um, who was certainly one of the founders of the movement, and uh, really learned a lot from Earl and his partner, um, uh, Lloyd Conant. Um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, he got the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and he studied that book every day. And that book is certainly known in the personal development circles. Um, my father studied that book to the point that it was worn and falling apart. Um, you know, that that's how much he studied it. And, and he just he was a student as well as a teacher, um, so he, you know, he he was really one of the first speakers out there uh, that was really showing people how to live a better life, how to how to, how to have more in this world, how to be more. And the amazing thing is, for those of you that do know who Bob Proctor was, uh, you know, it was not until he was seventy-two years old that he really made it to a very very large stage, and it was just really by happenstance. He was filmed in a movie called The Secret. And uh, when the secret was released, it just went on fire, and it really, it really got a hold out in the world. Um, was a very big thing, and my father was one of the uh, dominant speakers in that movie. And because of that, he ended up on Larry King Live a couple of times. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres. He was he was out in the mainstream media, and that really opened him up to a whole new audience. Um, wow. So you know who my father was. He was really just. He was somebody that taught personal development. He never liked to be called a motivational speaker. 
Um, he didn't feel that that's who he was. He thought he was a teacher and he really, he did whatever he could, Randy, to show people that they are capable of so much more, of being more, doing more, having more. And, uh, and, and that's what he was all about. So from 72 until he passed, how many years was that, that he had in this glorious limelight? Well, he had quite a few. He passed away when he was, uh, 87, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he had quite a few years with that and, um, uh, you know, he, he had a, he had a fun life. Um, you know, he, he certainly got out and around. So, you know, once, once that movie came out, he was, boy, he, he started to speak uh, in South America in stadiums. I, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, he really, really hit a large audience. So he had quite a few years of the enjoyment with that before, uh, before things obviously went the other way. That's really wonderful. And what else is wonderful is that you grow up, grew up with him as your father and someone who inspired you, I think every day of your life gave you perspective on life um, that made your life better. Uh, made you deal with life in a better way um, and also made you bring helped you bring into your life the things that you most desired and there's so many things I want to uh, touch on from your book but you start in the beginning of the book and you say if all your past experiences make you who you are today then who would you be if you forgot your past and started in a new place so can you elaborate on that? <laughs> well, you know, that statement actually uh, is something that I wrote several years ago. Um, when we would hold, uh, we, we would hold big events, we would do seminars and my father would be up on stage speaking, there'd be hundreds, if not thousands of people in the audience. And uh, I worked with him for, you know, close to 30 years. Um, so I was at virtually every seminar. And I'm not sure where that came about, but that is something that I wrote in a journal um, after hearing him speak. And, and I really started to think about it. And, and I put it in the beginning of the book because I think that's something that we need to look at. If you know our past experiences and, and everything else do form who we are, which I agree they do, if we were to let go of that, just let it go and be in a new place, who would you want to be? How would you want to be? Uh, what would you like to do? And here's the cool thing, Randy. We all have the ability to change our life, to be, do, and have whatever it is that we do want. If we're not doing that, we, we have the ability to let go of the past and to start anew if that's what we choose to do. And if you were to do that, how would you want your life to be? How would you shape it? How would you orchestrate whatever's going on around you. And I challenge everybody that's watching this, that if you're not living the life you want to live, make a decision right now, right here, that you're going to start to live the life that you want to live. And I'm not going to say that you can instantly become a millionaire and live on a yacht. I mean, uh, it, that is something that you can move into. But, you know, if we start living, and I, and I say this in the beginning of the book and at the end of the book, if we start being the best version of ourself every single day, our life will change. You know, so often we get caught in past 
memories and things that hold us hold us back really and boy if we start to decide how do i want to live and then what do i have to do to start to be that person or to live that way and we start taking action every single day even if it's small steps six months from now gosh you'll look back and you'll think wow look at this um I really do have a new life. I'm living a new way. I've let go of some of that crap from the past. And, uh, you know, you you can reshape your life. Um, and 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 it's it's it really is that simple, although I know we think it's more complicated um, and, and we can overcomplicate things that way. But that, that's really what it's all about. Yes. So. Um, many of my listeners are people that are dealing with traumatic pasts and nervous system disruptions and um, self-esteem, severe bruising. Um, and so I, I'm a narcissistic abuse expert. So when I work with these people, I've sort of brought, got to bring them out of the trauma before they can begin to receive information. Right such as you're speaking about. And so um, I think we all want to do that. But what do you, do you have any insight or advice to give people who are struggling to um, rise above a traumatic past so that they can then receive this? Yeah, Randy, I mean, I, I will be the first to say I'm not an expert in this department. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can share with you what I've learned from my father and um, what I have seen work. And that is simply this. Uh, We need to be able to forgive and let go of the past. Now, my father had a great statement. I I, I can remember when I first started writing this book, he was alive and he knew I was writing it. I didn't know what I was going to call it, but we had many conversations um, about what I was writing. And one of them was around forgiveness. And he said, you know, forgiveness is not to let another person off the hook. It's not to forget what they've done, but it's to let go of what it is doing to ourself. And, you know, when when we hang on to past hurt, um, and and I'm going to be the first to say, I have not experienced what you've talked about, so I'm not coming from a place of knowing, um, but I am coming from a place of being, I think. Uh, We've all, you know, I I heard a great statement a few weeks ago, and it says, none of us are immune from adversity. Bad things are going to happen. They just do. But the key is to not let it wrap itself in our mind and become a self-fulfilling loop that that's all we focus on. Don't let it become a part of your identity. And if you have let it become a part of your identity, find a way to release it, to let it go, to forgive. And so how how my father meant the, the forgiveness part is not to let, if somebody else has hurt you, not to let them off the hook. You're not forgiving them to make them feel better. You're forgiving the situation to let yourself feel better, to release yourself from that pain. And sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. Um, we, you know, we've done things or we've allowed things to happen to us that we need to forgive ourselves for. But when you can forgive yourself and start to live in the present moment, that past will slowly disappear. Um, I, I, I'll share something with you. Okay. On the cover of the book, you see a sand timer, and so I've got a sand timer here. Uh, I have grown up 
<laughs> with Bob Proctor, always holding a sand timer up on the stage and talking about it. And, you know, there's so much value in this. So here's the deal with a sand timer. And, and this is the way we want to look at our life. When we're focused on the past, the sand that's already gone, gone by, our past, good, bad, indifferent. When we're focused on the past, we're not living in the moment. We've got these mental blocks that are holding us back. If we're focused on the future and the uncertainty of what's to come, we can become anxious. But if we can focus on the right here, right now, the sand that we've got that's flowing at this exact moment, mm -hmm. the more we can really take charge and focus on the current present moment, the past will not affect us as deeply because we're not thinking about it. We're focused on what can I do right here, right now? And if you want to get rid of that past or let it go, start doing whatever you can to live in the present moment as much as possible. That's what's going to make really all, all the difference in the world. And if, if we can, that's why I say, if, if we can be the best version of us in this present moment every single day, we're going to have a better life, Randy. We really will. And I'm not going to say that will eliminate whatever has happened to somebody in the past, mm -hmm. but it will dull the sharp edges. And the more we can be present and do whatever we can in this moment, the more that will be gone and the greater our life can be. So well said. Um, so this brings me to a quote I had written down here. So your father said, you can't change the time you got out of bed this morning. Just a simple reminder to look forward, not backward. Um, and you said, letting go is not forgiving, forgetting. It is doling pain's sharp edges and replacing that with self-love. Love this. I just love this. This love this. But um, this is so important. Self-love. How, how do you explain self-love? Well, I think self-love is the foundation for all goodness in our life. Uh, we're not going to attract good things into our life to a great extent until we love ourselves and are at peace with ourselves. And, you know, I, I know I, I consider myself, I live a bit of a charmed life. And, you know, I had great parents um, and I learned great things. I, I don't have a sad story. Um, you know, so my self image was built from a young age in a very good way. And I realized that self love is the foundation that will enable us to love others, to be a better person in society, to be a better person for ourselves. And, and we just need to find a way to let ourselves sometimes off the hook. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and like we say, sometimes that, that forgiveness piece, I think a lot of people are always focused on who they've got to forgive. So many times they've got to forgive themselves. Um, you know, we can, we can beat ourselves up so bad sometimes. And when you can let that go and forgive yourself, it's like that, that the quote you said, you can't change the time you got out of bed this morning. Like, I love that quote, mm -hmm. whatever has happened in the past has happened in the past. We can't change. You cannot change the time you got out of bed this morning. It is what it is. So what can you do right now to just lighten the load even a little bit and, 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 and just live a little bit better? Um, yeah, you're so, you're so right about that. 
So, and I, with the clients that I work with, I experience this almost with every single client I work with. When they come to me and they're feeling very broken, generally it's what they're saying to themselves, not right. what happened. Okay. Yeah. And so, one of the first exercises I give them is to really begin to focus on what they're saying to themselves, really be aware of the things that they're saying to themselves, and then just begin to just quietly shut it down or however you want. One by one, you don't have to do all of them. But I notice from that session to the following session is usually a huge leap. Yeah, you know. I, I, I love that whole concept. I've often said, would you be friends with somebody that spoke to you the way you speak to yourself? Right? You want to think about that. And here's here's the deal. And Randy, you nailed it on the head. It's with awareness that we can change that. And we're aware when we're aware that we're not speaking good to ourselves, we can change that. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as a switch in our head. Once we know we're doing it, Okay, what can I do to change this up? How can I start speaking better to myself? How can I start being kinder to myself? Awareness is everything. It is everything. And so thank you for bringing that up. Um, so let's talk about the law of attraction, because I think there's a whole lot of confusion around the law of attraction, and I'd like to clear that up. So you said you can't wish for a thing and have it appear the law of attraction is secondary to the law of vibration which is the primary law and states that everything in our universe vibrates nothing rests therefore every single thing we want is already here powerful <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let you elaborate on that because people people might have heard me say that and go, what, what, what did you just <laughs> what did you just say? But I, I like the way you said it, and I'd love for you to explain. Well, you know, this is this is one of the things my father taught me right from when I was a young boy, and he, you know, if if, if you've seen the movie The Secret, I think you'll understand it a little bit better. And that's really what the whole movie The Secret was based on. And my father always taught me. He says we're like a magnet, and we attract to us whatever we're in harmony with, whatever we're giving energy to. So we got to be careful about what we're in harmony with and what we're giving energy to. Make sure it's good. And, you know, he said that to just wish for a thing is great. Sometimes dreaming will allow us to see where we want our life to be. But then we have to get in alignment with whatever that may be and start stepping out and taking action to bring it into our life. He said the one one thing that the secret taught was was about the law of attraction and that we we do attract whatever it is that we think about. However, he, it's he said it, it it never got into the whole action piece of it and we do need to step out and take action. So if we want something in our life, we need to visualize it, we need to think about it, we need to give energy to it. But then the most important thing is we need to step into action and do something to bring that closer to us, and. I often say it's it's usually the little things. I see so many people that have a big goal and they think I gotta I need that big thing to happen for me. Well, that big thing is usually a whole bunch of little things added up over time. Right. And if if we got focused on what little thing can I do today that's going to get me a little bit closer to my goal, a little bit closer to my dream, 
uh, six months from now, you'll have gone through six months of doing little things every day. And you'll be amazed at how much closer you'll be to it if you haven't already achieved it. Um, so really, the law of attraction is just and, and the law of vibration is what are you in harmony with? What are you giving energy to? You want to think about that. If we're giving energy to negative stuff, all we're going to do is see the negative stuff around us. And we'll attract more of that into our life because that's what we see. If we want to focus on the positive and be in a positive vibration, what can you do? I'm not going to say you can't do it 24-7, but if you can get yourself into a positive vibration and start seeing the good around you, what are you grateful for? And start focusing on that. You're going to start to attract more of that into your life because that's what you're going to see. You know, there's good and bad in this world. There's lots of it. We don't have to go far to find either side. What are we giving energy to and what are we looking at? That's the key. That's really what the law of attraction is all about. What are you what are you giving energy to? Right, right. <clears throat> I think people just feel like, you know, all right, I'm going to think this and manifest it. But you did say in your book that what we want is already here, right? Mm -hmm. And how do how can we explain that to people who cannot understand the concept of something outside of themselves? Well, you know, I, I think, Randy, that, you know, here, here's the deal. Somebody could be sitting on the street corner, uh, homeless, thinking, well, that's great for them, but this isn't going to work for me. Well, it's not going to work for you because you're not even trying to make it work for you. The, the, the key is to get focused on something good and then start to take small steps towards it. I, I, it, it all comes down to really having a, a, a big goal. We're all capable of far better. I, I'm capable of doing far more than what I'm currently doing. And I think I'm doing pretty good. Um, but I know I'm capable of doing more. When we can look out in this world and we can see people achieving unbelievable things, they've proven that there's a way. And not all of these people that have achieved great things were ever handed it. Uh, a lot of them started with nothing. We're all capable of achieving those great things. They didn't do it overnight, or most people didn't. I, I'm sure there was a few that did. But the, I, I, I would venture to say, if you were to analyze all the people that have done great things in their life, most of them, it took a, it took a period of time before they got there. And if we want more in our life, we need to have a goal. We need to have something that we're going after that inspires us, that we don't know how we're going to achieve. The, the key with having a goal that we don't know how we're going to achieve is that two things. Number one, it needs to be inspiring. It needs to cause us to wake up in the morning. What am I going to do different today? If we know how to achieve it, it's not going to be overly inspiring. If we don't know how to achieve it, we're going to find a way. And if you have a goal that inspires you, you're going to step out and do things you might not normally have ever done before. That's the key, Randy. That's the key. If, if if we can step into doing things that might be uncomfortable, might push us completely out of our comfort zone, but if we're so inspired to achieve this great thing that we're willing to step into whatever it takes, before long, you will bring into your life all the good that you're looking for. It's really, it really is that simple. Most of us are just living day to day letting whatever's going on around us dictate how our days go. We don't give thought to what are we doing to make our day better. 
What am I doing to make my life better? We need to give that more thought. And then we need to step into actually taking action and do something about it. That's, that's, that's the so, key. Right. So everything is energy. Everything is a vibration, right? So, and this is, this is not just a, somebody just came up with this out of air, the air. This is scientific, right? Yep. The fact that everything's a vibration. It, I mean, it really is. Everything we look at vibrates at a certain energy level. And that's what makes it what it is. And, you know, when, when we want to attract more good into our life, we need to be in the vibration of the good we want to attract. You know, one of the easiest exercises that I could give anybody that's watching this, if you want to attract better into your life, is to start writing out. And, and I, you've, I know you've heard of this. And a lot of people say, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But is to start writing a gratitude journal. Every morning when you wake up, start writing out, what are you grateful for? And in the beginning, if you have a tough time with it, it might be that cup of coffee. I mean, it could be anything, but start writing out, what are you grateful for? And start to look for the good that's around you. Sometimes, some people have to look a little harder than others, but there's always something good around us. And start writing that out, start giving energy to it. That, Randy, I think more than anything, changes the vibration that we're in. It will allow us to start looking for the good around us. And by doing that, it changes the way that we are. You want to talk about how to change your vibration. Start focusing on the good. Start writing out, what are you grateful for? And sometimes you can even write out, what am I grateful for that's coming into my life that I don't even have yet? But you can act like it's already here. Mm -hmm. Feel it. Um, feel it that it's already here. Get yourself into that vibration. When you are in that positive, harmonious vibration with the good that is around you, you will attract more of it into your life. It is that simple. Um, we try to, I think we, so often we just try to overcomplicate all these concepts. It's and, so true. Yeah. This is, you know, when I, sometimes I will share this, this concept with people and I'll say, listen, there's something that you want. Don't, don't ask for it. Just be thank, say, thank you for bringing it into my life as if it's already there. And people go, well, I don't necessarily believe that. Do, do I have to believe? I said, no, just do it. Because what I find is that as soon as we begin that practice of gratitude, we're shown something almost immediately that reinforces it, right? Yeah. And then people will come back to me and say, oh, I see now. <laughs> now, it, you know, it doesn't mean it's all going to come in that fast. But I think we are shown pretty quickly the um, the results of that kind of thinking. And it truly works. I'll say to people, um, you know, I have no doubt. I'm 100% sure that you're going to come back to me next week and you're going to tell me something came. And it's inevitable, right? Right, Brian? Yeah. It's amazing yeah. what gratitude does. Um, let's see. Okay. I love um, when you were talking about the law of polarity, because this is really interesting. Um, I was with my son who lives in California, but I was with him over the weekend. And he was trying to explain something to me that was very similar to this, but he couldn't really get it through to me. Mm -hmm. And then I read this. Okay, so according to the law of polarity, everything is dual. 
things that appear to be opposites are actually two inseparable parts of the same thing. Okay, think of hot and cold, for example, although they're opposites, they're on the same plane, and you cannot have one without the potential for the other. So abundance is inseparable from poverty, love is inseparable from misery, so forth and so on. Each comes with the potential for the opposite. This is, you know, and I never really thought about that before, but this is absolutely true. So how do we use the law of polarity in our lives? Well, I think a simple way, Randy, is we can take a piece of paper and we can make two columns. We can have the, the bad column and the good column. And if you've got a lot of bad things that are happening right now, you can write out, okay, what are the bad things? Write that out on the left side. And then start to think, okay, what is the opposite of that? What is the opposite of that bad thing? What would that be? And then write that out on the right side. Um, then once you've done that, what you need to do is basically blind yourself to the left side, blind yourself to the bad, to the negative, to whatever that is, and start to focus on the other side. What is the opposite of whatever's happening to you if, if what's happening to you is not good? And then start to, to focus on that and give that energy. Um, oftentimes, you know, my father said, one of the best ways to, to alter our way of being is through repetition. It's by teaching ourselves something over and over and over. And, you know, you talk about people with past trauma. Well, what's the opposite of whatever they've experienced? And if they could start to then look at that and take whatever that is and start to write affirmations and write a, a positive affirmation about where you want your life to be, how you want your life to be, how you want to live, and start writing that out every single day, every morning. That's one of the first things you do. You might not notice anything at first. And in the beginning, you may even feel like an imposter, quite frankly, by writing this out because that's not me. Um, but if that's where you want your life to be and you keep writing that out, that I, I prompt it, repetition is what's going to make the difference. And a month from now, two months from now, six months from now, of writing that out every single day, you're going to start to focus on the opposite of whatever is going on, if that's what you want to do for the positive. And before long, you will start to see more of that positive around you. You'll start to attract more of that. None of these things typically happen quickly, but they do happen with intention. And, you know, the law of polarity is simply that for every bad, there is a good. And for every good, there is a bad. It's, you know, it is all on the same plane. And it is, like I said, you, you can't have hot without cold. Um, you can't have an up without a down. It, it just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So. Wherever you are on one specific plane that you want to change, you just need to start to focus on the other end of it. Um, it's really, it just comes down to that. And then you need to start giving that energy. You need to look for ways to have that better, better way of being. And sometimes it's, I, I'm not going to say it's easy, but we need to let go of that, that bad. Mm -hmm. and just start giving energy to whatever the good is. And by doing that, slowly but surely, we'll climb out of whatever it is that's troubling us. And before you know it, boy, life is different. You're living differently. We don't have to let our lives be dictated by our past stories. We just don't have to. 
we can let our lives be dictated by the stories we want to create from this point forward. Mm -hmm. It's all a decision. It really is that simple. It's a decision. And sometimes letting go of that past hurt is tough. But boy, oh boy, if you want a better life, you need to find a way to do it. And the easiest way to do it is to get focused on the positive of what you want. And that is the law of polarity. Get focused on the opposite of it. Once you can start focusing on the opposite of it, like I said, you'll dull those sharp edges. You'll, you, it, I'm not going to promise it. It'll happen to you overnight. But boy, oh boy, it will soften things. And you'll start to live it and you'll start to recognize it. Oh, today was a little bit better than yesterday. And tomorrow is a little bit better than today. And before you know it, you're having great days every day and everything good is happening around you. And the skies are blue and the birds are singing. Uh, you know, everything just starts to go your way. And that's because that's where you're giving your energy. It's so simple. It's just we have to get into that mindset. Um, and it's it's hard to believe. Um, let me see. There was something. Oh, this was um, one of your father's quotes. Faith and fear both demand that you believe in something you cannot see. You choose. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, it, really, our life and, uh, you know, what's happened in the past has happened. But what happens in the future, it's up to us. It is our choice. Where do we want it to go? Mm -hmm. And if you want a better life, start to choose a better life. It is that simple. And it's it's all here. It's all with awareness. Mm -hmm. And the more we can become aware of that and the more we can make positive choices, the better our life is going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think um, that quote, I think helps some will help some people grasp this concept because mm -hmm. what they fear is just as invisible <laughs> as what they want, right? So, right. so, you know, everybody just really think about that. That is such a powerful statement. So you were talking about making these changes and, um, and I loved this, um, this letter writing that you do with your audience, where you ask the audience to write a letter to their future self dated one year from the day. So explain how that works. So it's, it's actually a really fun exercise, Randy. Um, you know, I had so much fun at our seminars when we did that and I could see the audience responding to it. And really it's, it's as simple as this, take a piece of paper, and picture yourself one year from today. Where would you like your life to be? All right. Doesn't have to be real. Take, take the lid off the imagination. Where would you like your life to be one year from now? And then write a letter to yourself congratulating yourself on what you've achieved through that year and where you're at. And write it in detail. Write it in a positive tone. And use really encouraging and powerful words about how proud of yourself you are. So you're writing this letter to your future self and congratulating yourself for all the accomplishments, all the things you've done in the, that, that future year. 
And so we, we have the audience do that. Number one, it does this. It puts you in, in a really a whole different state of being. Um, you really start to open yourself up. And when you first start writing, you may be a little conservative. But by the time you get down a little further on the page, you're going to find yourself starting to open up and think, okay, you know what? It'd be kind of cool to have this or to do that. I don't have a clue how I do it, but what the heck? I'm just writing a letter to myself. Mm -hmm. And then you start to open yourself up to more. And watch what that does to your being, how you feel. You'll find that your whole, your your vibration will change. Um, so by writing this letter out, there's there's a lot of power into it. And it opens you up to a better future. And by using positive, encouraging words to yourself, you're kind of patting yourself on the back and 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 holding yourself up in a better way. That's a positive thing. So we 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 have the audience do that. And we let them, we let them take, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever, whatever is required. Really take your time to, to get into it. And then we actually have them seal the letter up in an envelope and we had them give us the envelopes and they put their address on it. And a year later, we mailed them their letters. Well, my gosh, Randy, the, the feedback we got when people received their letters, there was two ways of that, 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 that things happened. None of them were negative, which was great. One was we'd have people respond, you wouldn't believe this. Almost everything in my letter came to be. I did do all the things that I had. And the ones that hadn't done it, they said, oh my God, I needed to see that today. I've been struggling. And they saw the positive of where they're going with their life and it allowed them to refocus on that again. So it was really, it was an interesting experiment. So I, I certainly challenge anybody watching this to just try writing that letter out to yourself. Seal it up and put it somewhere that you'll open it a year from now and, and see how that makes you feel. It's, it's, it's quite an experience. I love that. Um, your your relationship with your dad taught you that sometimes you must borrow someone else's belief in you when your belief in yourself is not on solid ground. How does that, we all have those moments where we just don't have it from within. How do we borrow from someone else? Well, you, number one, you got to be very selective about who that is. That's um, true. <laughs> you know, there's so many people we can share something positive with that this is what we want to do and they'll knock us down and they'll take that dream away from us. You don't want to share that with those kind of people. Um, so for me, my father was one of those people that I could share my dreams with and he would encourage me and he would hold the belief that, Brian, yes, you can do that even when I didn't think I could. And I can think of many things that I was going for, big goals, big things that I was wanting to do that I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it. And dad always took me back to these basic steps. He said to me, Brian, is this something you really want? And if it was, you know, I said, yes. He says, okay, great. He says, you don't need to know how you're going to do it or what steps you need to do right here, right now. You just need to know that that's what you want. So set that as your goal, your target. And then you'll figure it out along the way. And he always encouraged me. He was always behind me. He would he would check in with me weekly, daily. You know, how are you doing towards this? Are you getting a little bit closer? Have you found a way yet? There's so much power in that. So for anybody watching this, I challenge you to find somebody that can help you look for the good that you want and will hold you accountable. That's really what it is. You just need to 
somebody that will hold you accountable, but in a positive way, and they'll encourage you. And oftentimes, Randy, I have done things that I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it. And I don't know as I fully believed that I could do it. I knew I could, but that that belief was not super strong. Mm -hmm. But my father believed I could. And a lot of times I borrowed his belief that oh, if he really believes I can do this, I'm sure I can. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to find. And and quite frankly, if 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 I was to take a guess at this, you are that person for a lot of people. You're coaching people through different things. You can essentially you're essentially that accountability partner for many people. Yes. And we just need to find people like that that will believe in us, that will hold us up, but also hold us accountable. What are you doing today to get you there? That's it. I kind of learned this in parenting my children that I never allowed them to have the limiting beliefs. I would always tell them what they were capable of, how wonderful they were, and they rose to those suggestions. They just yeah. rose to them, even if that didn't even look possible. So um, I think this is um, the accountability partner, yeah. I think this is really important for us at times to have somebody hold that space for us where, you know, we can reach a little farther out than we really um, would normally be comfortable reaching. Well, I, and I also think, Randy, that we can be that person for other people. And the more we can be that for other people, that's also going to hold ourselves up in a really positive way. You know, I'm going to kind of digress a little bit, if you don't mind. Can I share a little story? Sure. Okay. I, for, for anybody watching this that is a parent or a grandparent, I think you, you'll, you'll see the value in this. And there's real importance in this. My, one of my earliest memories of my father was when I was a very, very young boy. I'm in my 60s now, so it was a while ago. But when I was a young boy, dad was, if he was home, if he wasn't traveling, he was the one that was putting me to bed at night and, and kind of tucking me in and saying prayers and whatever, whatever you want to call it. And boy, oh boy, what he did was so powerful. And this is where I challenge anybody that has young children or, or grandparents or has young grandchildren to do this. Dad would sit at this side of the bed and he put his hand on my chest. He always said, you got to have a physical connection that our energy transfers. When, you know, you, you know, when you hug somebody or you even shake a hand, you can feel that energy. So you, you, he put his hand on my chest and he would start to relive my days with me. And he'd have me focus on all the good things I did that particular day. And if I had something bad happen to me, he would, he would have me look for the good in whatever I could find out of it. He would have me search for the good out of the bad. And sometimes that could be a little bit of work. Um, but, you know, it might have been something that just made me stronger, made me tougher, made me more resilient, whatever. He had me look for the good. Then he did this. He would say to me before I close my eyes, he says, Brian, you are capable of being, doing, or having anything you want in this world. You're going to go to sleep tonight. You're going to have a wonderful sleep. You're going to wake up with a big smile on your face and have a wonderful day. Mm. And that's, that's what he did to me every day. Well, I mean, you can imagine how that will build a self-image in somebody. Mm. And he really let me aware that I was capable of anything. Well, here's the great thing. Because of that, I never had struggled with my father. I never had those times in our lives where we, you know, we just didn't. 
Um, and I got to do that with my children. Ooh. And I never had troubles with my kids through teenage years, whatever. They're just, just great children, well-adjusted, really powerful. Now I see my daughter doing that with her kids, my grandchildren. And it's, it's magnificent. You know, what my father did by doing that, he changed generations for the better because he had us looking for the good, making us aware that we're able, capable of doing anything. And boy, there's so much power in that. So, um, you know, that that's, I don't know what made me think of that, but it just oh, did. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I, and I, I read that in your book and and I just absolutely love that. I sort of wished I could go back. My kids are ad adults in their thirties, but um, I sort of wished I could go back. But I mean, I did it in different ways, but I love that. Put your hand on their chest and tell them that they're capable of anything. Wow. You know, I know I know you know how lucky, how fortunate you are to have had a father like that. This is, I mean, I, I don't know how many people you've ever met that could say that about their father. I've met a few. I have met a few, but I've also met a lot that haven't. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do acknowledge that. Yeah. You know, here's, here's an interesting thing. Um, I was doing a podcast um, with a... Um, this, a lot of people would know he's pretty popular. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to, um, a really super nice guy. Um, and he heard me talk about that bedtime ritual and he has a son who's 17 years old. So he's like, well, he's a little old to be doing that with now, but he's thought, boy, there's so much power in that. He started to do it with his son at 17. Wow. And he says, it was awkward at first. <laughs> he said, my son's looking at me like I'm a little nuts. I felt a little awkward, but he says, I knew the power in that. So I kept at it and he just kept doing it. And they both became much more comfortable with it. And he says, he sees the way his son is starting to change. And his son is starting to see how powerful he is and what he's capable of. And now he kind of looks forward to his dad coming and saying, <laughs> um, so it's, it's really, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. That's a huge gift to give a child. It's everything. It changes their future. It changes who they are. It changes how they feel about themselves. It's just brilliant. Um, I love this. Here's, here's, I love. Oh, go ahead, boy. Good. Sorry, Randy. I, you know, if I can share this, yeah, uh, because please. I know I know your niche, and I understand the people that you're, you're who is your audience, and and a lot of these people have had bad things. Mm -hmm. um, my father did not grow up in this either. He had a wonderful mother. Um, mm -hmm. He didn't have much of a relationship with his father, um, and I never really asked about it, but I knew it wasn't whatever it was was not great. Um, as he was growing up, um, he grew up with just a single mother. Um, his mother divorced his father when my father was young. And that's something back way back in the forties or fifties that was kind of unheard of. Mm -hmm. um, and so she raised three kids on her own while she was out working all the time. So there was no parental figure even around hardly. Um, so my dad didn't come from this. And so for him to start doing this, it was just Obviously, it was something that he was reading or something he learned at the time that he knew would make a difference. And that's why he started to do it. So I challenge everybody that's that's watching this. If you didn't have that in your life, that's OK. Look for the good in it. What can you do now to alter that for future generations for yourself? And how can you be 
a better version of you today and help your future generations be better. We don't need to repeat the cycle. We can change it all with a simple decision. Anyway, sorry. So that was- No, don't don't apologize. That's really good. Um, I made that decision, um, you know, about almost 40 years ago that the legacies would stop with me. And, um, And I had two siblings who did not have children. I'm the only one that did. So I was determined to stop the legacy. And um, what you said is so important. Um, It does. These things do go through the genetics and they go through generations and generations and generations. And we don't have to allow this to continue. I love I love that. I'm so glad that you said that. Okay, so this is (laughs) this is a great Bob Proctor quote, another one. What others think of you is none of your business. (laughs) (laughs) So this is really about us thinking that everybody's opinion of us matters, right? Right. And it doesn't. No, you know, here's the amazing thing is, you know, most people are not thinking about us as much as we think they are too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's here. Here's the cool thing. Dad said that, you know, we'll never get on in this world in a great way and be a force to be reckoned with if we're always worried about what everybody's thinking of us. Because if we're trying to appease everybody and, and try to make them look on us like whatever we're trying to create, if we're worried about everybody's opinion, we'll never really do much of anything in our life because we'll just be trying to appease people. Um, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of us. If we're being the best version of us and we're out there making a world for us, that's a great thing. And you're going to have people that'll look at you like you're nuts and you'll have people that may criticize you. Um, you know, I get on, I'm doing podcasts, doing different things like this. Sometimes I'll look at some of the comments and boy, there'll be some negative comments. Yes, I, I'm oh, sure. You know what? Too bad for you. Um, and, and I just brush it off. It does not matter what somebody else thinks of me. I, I, I would like you to like me. But it does not matter. It's not going to affect me because I know who I am and I know what I'm trying to do in this world. And I think if we can all be that way, not be affected, not worry about what other people think of us and just do the best we can, boy, life is just going to be a little different. It'll be a little bit better. And it really is none of our business what they think of us. That's so funny that he said that. Yeah. Um, it's about if our intention is good, we don't have to worry about how it impacts the world or other people. If your intention is bad, well, then I think you better reassess. But no, if you have only the best intention, go for it. Don't worry about what other people think. They don't have to live in your skin. They don't have to live your life. And um, was your father... Um, around when social media really took hold he was um he only passed away literally uh you know it, it'll be two years in february okay um, wow so yes he, he definitely was around when social media took okay. hold because and, that is really in- negatively influencing a whole generation to try to uh they want everybody to like them everybody to appreciate you know to give them feedback what did he have to say about that, if anything? You know, he um, 
he was certainly on social media because that's part of doing business today. It's part of, you know, generating an audience. Um, but he never really looked at the comments. He never worried about the comment. Um, you know, there's so much stuff out today and it comes down to this. That, yes, there's trolls out there and there's people that are going to say bad things about you. Uh, if you're on social media, don't give it in. Don't let it keep, don't let it take away a part of you. Um, if we're out doing the good, it makes no difference what somebody else says or does. And it really comes down to this. How are you being? If you're being good, it's all good. When you see a negative comment, what you need to recognize is that's somebody else living in a negative way. Mm. And when you're living in a negative way, you're just going to see the negative around you. You're going to see the bad. They're going to see the worst in whatever it is where they'll dream it up. And that's what they're writing about. They're just writing the way they see the world. That's it. So acknowledge when you see something negative or if somebody has written something negative about you that just recognize that that is the way that person sees the world. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with them. Mm -hmm. And if we can keep being that force for good and just keep doing good, keep looking for the good, you'll find the good. And when you do see that negative, it won't affect you as deeply. You'll be able to fluff it off. I'll be the first to say, sometimes I see a negative comment. I think, God, you know, and, right. and, it, and then all of a sudden I realize, okay, whoa, 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 I got to change my thinking. Um, I got to realize that this person is just, that's who they are and let them go, let it go mm -hmm. and, and just start focusing on the good. That's mm -hmm. it. Exactly. It sometimes it stings at first, but then you just, you know, you have to consider and, and there are so many people who don't comment, who have been greatly, wonderfully impacted by what you said. It's often those that want to have a gripe or want to put you down or, you know, those are the ones who have the voice often. So it's very nice when people leave good comments, good positive comments. That's very, true. very nice. Very um, true. It's energizing is what it is. It, it, it you know, it, it feeds what you're doing. It's it really, it really, really does. Um, your father said, this is really another one. People don't resist change. They resist being changed. Um, and then you added, when you present yourself differently to those close to you, you're making them uncomfortable. You're shifting their world and creating a change. Um, that's so true. We don't resist change. We don't like to be changed. And here, here's the thing. And, and I know you've experienced this with your clients and people that follow you. Um, people are looking for a change. They're looking to get out of that negative. They're looking for the better. And when they start being that better version of themselves, they've let go of some of that past and they start being that good that they want to be. Sometimes those closest to us can be the ones that can hurt us the most because we are forcing them to change the way they see us. That's it. And force negates. People don't like to be changed. And it's not that you're forcing them to change, but you're causing them to have to change the way they look at you because you're being different. But if you can just let that go and just you keep being the the force of change for you for good mm -hmm. life will just it will get better and 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 the people that don't like to be changed it might take a while mm -hmm. but eventually they'll see us as that better person mm -hmm. and if they don't 
you'll find that you'll just slowly drift apart. And that can happen within friends, within family, even. Um, and, you know, I, I've got people in my past um, that I have known for, for a long time um, that, you know, I maybe don't see as often. I don't talk to as often um, because we're just on different paths and I'm not going to let the negative pull me down. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing good about it. It just is what it is. Um, you know, that was one of dad's favorite sayings when anything, anything would happen to us. Well, it is what it is. And then he would just carry on and keep trying to do good. And, and that's it. Um, and if we can focus on just being the best version of ourselves and not worry about how other people look at us, mm -hmm. how we're shifting the way they look at us, because we are forcing people to change without even knowing it sometimes just by being better. Um, You're so right. You're so right. Yeah. Um, I read a book many, many years ago. It's probably one of the first self-help books I read called The Dance of Anger. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it talks about um, the fact that relationships are like a, a choreography, like a dance partner. And when you've danced with this person, you know the steps. You're not stepping on each other to, other's toes. You sort of, you know where you're going. And then when you change your steps, the other person is, you know, they're clumsy, they're stepping and they and they get very frustrated. They don't like it. Dance the way I want, you know, I'm used to you dancing. Um, but, you know, I, I know in my life because I have changed tremendously. I mean, with every decade, I'm like, but I tell people just don't get in my way because <laughs> I'm not going to stop, you know, just if you want to. It wouldn't go with me great you know a lot of people didn't um, and that's fine but it's absolutely true and i have had clients say to me but what happens to my spouse when i change the way i'm doing things they're not going to like it well that's true right they're not going to necessarily like it but if the commitment is there and the love is there they will find a way to adapt right that's exactly it. They will find a way. Um, and yes, it might not be easy at first, but if that commitment is there and if the love is there, they will find a way. And, um, you know, sometimes we have to ask if it's somebody close to us as a spouse, especially, we have to ask them, please be patient with me. Please accept the new me mm -hmm. um, and encourage the new me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if we ask them for help along the way, that can make that change a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to state that, mm -hmm. that to wh whomever is in your life, I'm changing. You're going to see some changes in me, you know? So don't get scared and, 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 and don't try to stop me. Just observe, mm -hmm. you know? And um, if, I think if you do make that statement, it, helps everybody when you don't people don't know what's happening so making people aware um so we're almost uh we're almost done but i wanted to talk about um well you say you said change is going to happen whether we're ready or not learn to lean into the discomfort i i agree with that i completely agree with you um i wanted to talk about the feel good box because I really, really like this for children and for ourselves. So maybe we could, you know, end this show explaining what the feel good box is so that everybody has a way to do this. 
gosh, you know what, Randy, you're the first person that has asked me this. Um, that's amazing. I, I, I love it. So I have a couple. Um, and these are boxes that are just filled with positive things, positive memories from your past. Um, it could be as simple as a postcard that you receive from somebody. It could be a gift that somebody's given you or a token. Um, it can be anything. Um, but it's 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 all filled with positive things. And when you're struggling, it's nice to be able to go to that little box and look at these positive things from your past, some of the good things that have happened to you, and kind of reinforce that goodness and know that there's goodness around. Um, it will help lift us out of troubled times a lot quicker. Um, I don't want to get too emotional here. So I, I, I've got a couple of boxes and I've got one that, uh, gosh, I, I gave my father. Um, so I've got this, I, I had this beautiful wooden box made and I had a, a, a quote put on the top of the box. It says, wise sayings often fall on barren ground, but a kind word is never thrown away. What I did with this um, and this is a great gift idea. If you, if you know, we're coming into season of gift giving, um, and if somebody's struggling on something to give, so what I did was I made had this box made, and then I filled it with notes. Now, I'm not going to pull the notes out, but I started to write out all the positive things that my father had done for me over all my years, right from when I was a little kid up until you know, up, right up until pretty much the time he passed away. Um, and I, I made these little cards and I hand wrote them. And I hand wrote all kinds of little messages about how he changed my life, how he helped me through a troubled time, uh, the gifts, uh, you know, that, that he showed the world, whatever was a positive influence. And I wrote it on a card and I put it in that box and I gave it to him on Christmas a few years back. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you something, he loved that. And I love that I have it back here, that I can I can reflect on it um, because it allows me to see all the good that he did for me. Um, so, you know, these boxes, they can be anything. I've, I've got one on my desk that have, I've got a glass box on my desk um, so I can see what's in it. And I have different things that mean different things for me that are all positive. Mm -hmm. um, whatever you can do to fill something that has positive memories, something that makes you feel good, makes you feel alive, makes you feel special. And when you're struggling, open it up and look at these things, read notes, um, you know, wh whatever, whatever that could be. Uh, they, it could be old birthday cards. I mean, it could be anything that somebody wrote something to you, um, but by reinforcing the positive and having somewhere that you can go to look at some of your past things that have been good, it will help us get out of tough times a lot quicker and get out of those times when we're down for whatever reason, um, so that we start to think, you know what, life isn't so bad. There is a lot of good. And, and, and when we start to focus on that, your energy will shift and things will get a little better. And you'll start to think, well, you know what? It's not so bad. It's not so bad. I'm going to be okay. I'll get through this. And then just, just carry on. But that's- I like, that's I like the point. fact that you do it, did it in a glass box because then it's just right there. 
for you to see. I think we tend to forget the good and remember the bad. I think that's just our tendency. And this just keeps you focused, right, on the good and exactly. things that, that, you know, that went very well for you or the things that people said to you that really touched your heart. Um, I, I just love this idea. And you also talk about doing it with children too. So um, that's that's a great, great exercise. So you said change is going to happen whether we're ready or not. Okay, so I already said that one. Oh, I just want one more quote from your father and then we're gonna, okay. Um, while you don't get to choose your relatives, you can and should choose everyone else. Your father said this. So we don't have to invite everybody into our life, into our personal space, right? We, you know, I think there's a misconception with many people that you're supposed to love everybody. Everybody gets to come into your personal space. And this is not true. We have to make choices, right, Brian? Yeah, I mean, we have to make choices that are good for us. And what is going to enhance our life? You know, my father always said that, um, you know, your, your life is really, uh, well, Jim Rohn actually had a, had a quote. Um, I can't remember exactly how, how it's worded, but it is, you are basically the, the essence of the five closest people that you hang around with. That's mm -hmm. not a quote, but it's, it's right. a long, and watch who you hang around with because, you know, those are the people that are influencing the way you're being. And so my father was always, it was always very important that his close circle of friends, those closest to him, were positive people that were out doing something in the world, because you're going to catch whatever they've got. <laughs> and uh, so make sure they're good people around you and consciously choose who you're going to surround yourself with, who you're going to be with, um, who you want to learn from, who, who you want to be mentored from. Um, you know, they can be people far better than you. They can be people less than you. It makes no difference. It's, it's how are they being in the world mm -hmm. and how can they inspire us to be better? And it's, it's, it's important to choose wisely who we surround ourselves with. And you know, I, I think my final point on this, Randy, sorry, is, is, is this. If you're in a situation where there aren't those people in your life and you're not sure who who you could pick for that, uh, sometimes a good book can be that person. Mm. Um, sometimes by picking up something positive and reading something positive, that can be the influence that we need until we find the physical people in our life that can be that. Um, so there's there's hope for everybody. Even if you don't have that in your life right now, you can have it through books, through uh, YouTube. I mean, you know, there's there's so many positive things that you can look for. There's positive messages out there that you can you can find that will help you be better and do do better. Um, Such a great point. Such a great point. Well, what can I say, Brian? I mean, you know. Your father is a beautiful man. Here's the book. Um, I always forget how to do this. My father knew the secret. But you are a beautiful man. And um, you, um, your father has given you a, a wonderful gift. And now you're sharing it. So tell, um, tell us how you are, are you actively um, working with groups? Or what are you doing now? 
Well, right now I am on book tour, I guess, more than anything else. I'm just promoting this book, I'm getting it out into the world. Um, it's really an important thing to me. Um, you know, I often say this book is not about me. It is really about who Bob Proctor was. Mm -hmm. And it is all the stories, all the things that he shared with me, his son. So you know that what's in this book is the best of what he had to offer because he wanted the best for me. And so I, I, I share all the stories, all the lessons that I learned from, from my father growing up. And as you notice, I have consider points at the end of each chapter. That was actually my wife's idea and I loved mm -hmm. it. And, and the consider points are, how can you apply these lessons and these thoughts into your own life so that you can live a better life? So for me right now, it's it's been all about promoting this book and just getting out of, into the world. I just know... I know it can do good in the world. I know that when people pick it up and read it, you'll find something in there that will resonate with you. I wrote it in a simple way that's very conversational. Um, I don't like to overcomplicate things. Um, uh, you know, I think one of the things my dad always taught, he said, you truly understand something when you can speak it simply enough mm. that a young child will understand it. And I feel I've kind of written a book in that way that anybody can pick it up and understand it. I uh, loved it. I love the book. I highly recommend it. Um, there's so much wisdom, so much inspiration in there from you and your father. Um, and, and so um, it was a huge gift in my life. Well, thank and you. I'm, thank and you. I'm so glad that we got to talk today about all of this. Um, and is there a website that you have where people can go for more information about you or your father or? Sure. Yep. Uh, you can go to brianproctor.com. Um, there you can, you'll find links that you can pick up the book in whatever country you're in, um, mm. or go to Amazon. But, um, if you go to brianproctor.com, you'll, you'll find those links for the book. Um, but there's also some bonuses that uh, that I, I, I give out to people. And one of them is a workbook to work along with a book, uh, different different things that um, uh, that I think you'll find of value. Um, I, I, I have a newsletter that I send out. I don't inundate people with email. I send out one newsletter a month and usually one blog a month. So it's just a couple of emails. It's you're not going to get it every day with anything. And it's just stuff that I feel has value that can help. Um, so that's. That's it in a nutshell. Really simple. I'm not selling anything crazy. It's just a book. Um, but I, 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 I think you know it, and and I promise everybody who's watching this that uh, in the U.S. this book is seventeen to nineteen dollars, depending on the, you know, Amazon algorithms, I guess. But um, that seventeen or, or nineteen dollars, I feel from my heart is money well spent because you are going to get everything in there that you need to to really live a better life, to lift yourself out of wherever you're at and start to look for the good that's around you. And there's actual messages and tips in there on how to do it. Um, so I, I hope you get a copy of the book and I hope you really enjoy it. Oh. And, um, I, I do recommend that everybody get it. As I'm reading it, I'm going, I'm thinking about situations where I could have said this and that would have been so perfect or said that and that would have been so perfect. And so I took a lot of notes. Um, because the wisdom is invaluable it's just it's priceless but um I'll thank you so much for agreeing to um, be my guest today it's been really wonderful to meet you and know you and speak with you about all of this so thanks again have a wonderful wonderful day thank you randy it's been great being here thanks okay bye, -bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.